This afternoon, I want to introduce a third concept to the others that I've been developing so far in these series of lessons. First of all, I began with Piaget, and I tried to explain that Piaget helped us as educators understand that education is all about experiences and learning from those experiences. That what we really want to happen in the classroom is provide students with hands-on, hands-on or senses-on experiences that they that the students can think about and learn from. So Piaget leads directly to a water table, building sandcastles, using Lego, listening to music and thinking about it, playing sports and kicking balls and batting balls and Everything that a child experiences enables that child to learn from, whether that be skill development or new knowledge or feelings. But experiences lead to learning and growth. That's Piaget. Then we go to Vygotsky. And Vygotsky points out that each child has a zone of proximal development. That learning only takes place when we don't expect a child to jump from one level to another level. Nobody becomes an expert at something without spending way more time at each level as they develop. Vygotsky reminds us that if a child is given a challenge that's too difficult, then they're going to be frustrated and then they won't learn anything at all. They only learn the opposite of what we want them to. If we want a child to learn we have to start at a low level and little by little by little increase the child's confidence to go from one step to another. That's why in primary grades, we don't start to teach them how to add any number by any number. We start them to learn how to add any single digit by any single digit or multiply any number by any number. And if you take that to another level, multiplication is that much harder. So it's not 12 by 12, it's 2 by 2, and 4 by 4, and 5 by 5, and 10 by 10. The things that are easy to comprehend, and then we add in the more difficult. It's no surprise that a lot of children find it difficult to multiply nine by any single digit. They have to work at that. It's not as hard to think about 10, 20, 30, 40. 
or 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, and so on. So Vygotsky reminds us that we need to think about those zones of proximal development and help a child grow and extend that zone because that does happen. Once they become adept at one level, they're more likely to accept another challenge and reach. So now today, we want to talk about the individual child and his or her skill level. What I want to introduce is Bloom's, not Bloom's, sorry, sorry, Howard Gardner's multiple intelligences. There was a time when I went to school when many of your parents or grandparents went to school when it is when it was assumed that everybody should be able to do everything but that's not that's easier said than done i remember crying because i couldn't hold the tools in industrial arts class properly so i could create a bowl that was just not something i could do i remember getting my speller ripped in half in front of the whole class because I did not have the dexterity to hold a straight pen in my hand and make my letters look right. Every child comes to the classroom with a different set of physical, emotional, and mental abilities and outlooks we all know that we have that there are kids who are just fantastic at art from the get-go and there are kids that take to the water or take to music or take to take to science everybody understands that Different children are gifted in different ways. What Howard Gardner points out is that each of us is a multiplicity of those talents. He tried to say that every child is like a light bulb. He used that visual of the light bulb and dividing the light bulb up in different ways to reflect the different abilities of every student. Some students can be very good in math and very good in science and very good at, in getting along with people, but they're absolutely impossible with their knowledge of their bodies and how their bodies work. I won't bore you at this point with all the different multiple intelligences, but we now, Gardner now has gone to nine or ten different multiple intelligences. There's the mathematical intelligence. There's social intelligence, knowing how to get along with people and being empathetic to other people and appreciating their moods. There is linguistic intelligence, being able to talk and being able to express oneself. There's scientific intelligence, 
we now talk about technical intelligence. I had a cousin who could take apart any piece of equipment in his mother's and father's house and put it all back together again without ever opening a book, without ever thinking about it. He just could see in his mind how things fit together. Gardner reminds us and teaches us that every child has their unique combination of all of those different intelligences or skills, however you want to think about it. On top of that, I want to remind you that every child comes to school every day from a different place. We as people all know what it's like to have to wake up in the morning and be grouchy and how that affects how we look at the day. We all know what happens when we get overly hungry or overly tired or overly engaged with something that's happened at home and we can't focus on anything else. Children are exactly the same. We can talk about the zone of proximal development, for example, from what Vygotsky said. And if the child comes into the classroom, you've prepared everything, the child comes into the classroom and feels like you know what. That zone of proximal development just shrunk. It won't take much for that child to get frustrated. And then when they get frustrated, their mind shut down and learning stops. If a child hasn't slept well and they're tired, doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter what how great a teacher you might be or how fantastic the lesson might be. If the child is tired, nothing is going to happen. There won't be any real learning. So you have to remember when you're working with kids that they have their predispositions to the classroom and those predisp predispositions change every single day. Some kids are more stable. Some kids come from not better homes necessarily financially, but more stable environments at home. A loving mother, a loving father. They get up in the morning, they get told how much they are loved. They're given a good meal. They're helped to get dressed and and given hugs and kisses on the way out the door every single day. That child is going to come to school with a very different predisposition to learning than the child who five days out of seven, everything is great, but two days out of seven, everything goes wrong. There's also the innate ability of some students. Some students using Bloom, using Gardner's multiple intelligences, some students innately understand faster. They get it faster. When you're teaching math, for instance, and you take a kid that's good in math and, has, and their minds think like mathemat mathematicians, they get it. Their conceptual development is better that they can go like that. 
another child can come and they're way down in terms of their understanding. And so they have to be coddled, sort of, if you want to think of it that way. So Gardner reminds us that every child has a unique combination of learning skills. And when we teach, we have to remember the child and understand what that child brings to the table in terms of predispositions to sitting in front of the classroom, sitting at a desk in the classroom, or working with a group of kids. If the child is tired or hungry or annoyed, things will be very different than if they're fed and had a good night's sleep and feel confident in themselves. We'll continue this next day.